Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Journey, a 16-week odyssey of grit, determination, endurance, and will, where the weak are exposed and the strong revered. From Bleed Entertainment, this is Falcon's Flight. Insights and analysis on your Atlanta Falcons. Now, here's Robert Taylor and your host, Brian Giffen. It is Falcon's Flight. This would be edition number 11 as we recap week five of the National Football League season with your Atlanta Falcons. Week five went about like weeks one through four did as Atlanta falls to 0-5 as they fall to the Carolina Panthers 23-16. And before the day was even over and the smoke had cleared, the dust had settled, Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov, relieved of their duties, let go. And as a result, Raheem Morris is the new head coach of your Atlanta Falcons. Brian Giffen, Robert Taylor, very pleased to have you with us. And we will also be joined mid-show by Bryant McKinney, the former NFL offensive lineman of the Minnesota Vikings, who now does Believe in Vikings, a podcast here on the Believe Entertainment Network about the Minnesota Vikings. But Robert, this was probably in the cards for a while, but I think it definitely dictated the timeline. 0-5 is just too deep a hole. This was a playoffs or bust season. Thus, they pull the trigger. And it goes back to last season. Arthur even said it. What The Falcons started 1-7 last year finished six and two and and he felt that strong finish that they could carry it over into this season they made some upgrades offensive line tied in and it just didn't happen and Dan Quinn let's not mistake is a great guy he's been a great coach even Arthur said it he represented the city with class the organization Dimitrov as well and Dimitrov had a great body of work you know there's a lot of guys in Atlanta that are there because of him Julio's one of them Matt Ryan's one of them there's a big guy I think his name was Glenn Dorsey out of LSU that a lot of Falcons fans wanted and Dimitrov took Ryan instead and we see how that worked out but here you go sixth 0-5 start in franchise history and, and they never really got past that Super Bowl hangover Dimitrov and Quinn I guess together because they all operate the team draft picks, et cetera, et cetera. Their record since that Super Bowl, 24 and 28. And it was just time to go. And and Arthur, he made a commitment to put a great quality product on the field. And and over the last three years, and I said this, you know, over Twitter, it is time for a complete house cleaning, get them out of there. They've got to instill an entire whole brand new culture in that franchise top to bottom. The odds before the season were pretty strong that Quinn was going to be one of those that was really on the hot seat, and I think he was out of the box based on what Robert just talked about. Speaking of odds, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there's always the online casino as well. That darn thing never closes. So head to BetOnline and do so today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
when you dissect the way this game went, and we've got some notes on it, of course, the Falcons did a couple of things well, Robert. They had not, as you pointed out a couple of weeks ago, had a 100-yard rusher since 2018. Todd Gurley was able to pile up 121 yards on 14 carries, had a 35-yard touchdown run. So that number, at least, is gone. But perplexing a little bit, play calling. He had a good day running the ball, but it still appeared that the Falcons were committed to throwing it all over the yard. And in the end, defense and running the ball are the things that usually win for you. And even though they were effective running the ball, it appeared they weren't all that committed to it. And obviously, they didn't play well defensively, hence the result. I don't know why they weren't committed to running the football with, what do you have, 120-plus yards? Yep. I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe Dirk Cutter doesn't really – grasp that Shanahan offense that they're still trying to run there and I hope unlike what Scott told us last week that they didn't really deviate from their defensive game plan or make adjustments and I was all worked up about that you just wonder what Raheem Morris and these guys are gonna do moving forward I I mean I really hope somebody sat down and said hey get the dry erase out we're wiping this whole thing out we're 0-5 what do we got to lose that wasn't working we got to try to implement something pretty quickly just some new wrinkles just anything to get something going to stoke the fire you know i was a little bit surprised that they went with morris i understand that raheem is a well-respected guy who's worked on offensive and defensive sides of the ball but the defense has been shredded now injuries are a part of the game you understand all that in this game they gave up more big plays and big plays have been a recurring theme how about this 27 now plays in five games of 20 yards are more allowed that's more than five big plays a game and you can't make a living that way and I don't want to use as an excuse but I definitely referenced this in our preseason episodes that Dan Quinn was unable to field his best defense and this year six what six seven injuries yeah they're just decimated again but it's also that next man up mentality and you know a lot of people when they're being critical of Quinn said he didn't really coach players up That's another reason probably why he's out of town. Now, you can disagree with that if you want. But going back to Raheem Morris, and I hope I don't step on Arthur's toes. I know we got some sound on him. Basically, Arthur just said he knows how to lead the team in a positive way, and he's worked with receivers. He's worked both sides of the ball, and he's been in the organization a while, and he's a really positive, upbeat guy, and and the players are supportive of him. Interim tag. But overall, Arthur and these guys felt he was the best choice. I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to support him and say let's do it and go Raheem. Teddy Bridgewater outplayed Matt Ryan. He was 27 of 37, 313 yards, a pair of scores. Good for a 116.2 QB rating. Ryan was 21 of 37 through 226 yards and one interception. And it was a really critical one because it was in the end zone where they were trying to come back in the game. And it was one of the clinching plays on the part of the Falcons. It was Ryan's second straight game without a touchdown pass. And I guess some of that, Robert, coincidentally or not, when you're not playing well as a team, it seems to all roll downhill on you, and that kind of seems to be the case with Matt, especially the last two games. Yeah, and I think he's getting a bad rap. Some national reporters have come out and said pretty clearly he's declining. (laughs) I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, I just his offensive line needs work, and Matt Ryan is not a very athletic quarterback. He needs time in the pocket. He doesn't scramble much. He's not a runner. So when he doesn't have time to do what he needs to do, just like any quarterback when you're under duress or under pressure, that's what every defense says. And how many times do you turn on an NFL football game and you hear both guys in the booth talk about, hey, if they could just get to him early and rattle him and shake him, they're going to have success. So I'm still with Matt. We're probably going to touch a little bit on more later. 
We forego the normal coach and player cuts because of the nature of this week. We instead will hear from Arthur Blank as well as Rich McKay. And let's get into these sound cuts. Here is Arthur Blank on the firing of Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov and the changes that they're making. Uh, It's called lack of winning. So the problems we have to solve are all the problems that are ahead of us that keep us from winning. And I'd I'd add, this is not just a response to a zero and five. It's a response to uh, really uh, almost three and a half years post-Super Bowl. We've been playing less than 500 ball. And so when you look at that many games over a long period of time and you adjust for injuries, which every NFL team has, we just haven't performed to the level that we're capable of. We think our talent is better than, than we have the record at this point. And for a variety of reasons, we weren't getting the results that we needed to get. So the time for the change was now, though it's always difficult and it's sad personally because we all know Dan is one of the most beloved coaches in the NFL. Thomas has been with me for 13 years of my 20 years as an owner, Uh, done a lot of wonderful things, known he and his family for many years. So it's a very difficult decision. But. On the other hand, you know, the bigger responsibility that I have, and I've said this publicly for the last 20 years, is to our fans and to everybody connected to the franchise. So performance wasn't there. Every opportunity was given over the last three and a half years, and it just needs to be addressed now. Arthur Blank had never made an in-season coaching change where he actually fired a guy. He was going to fire Dan Reeves reportedly way back, you know, after the Super Bowl and all those things when Reeves was struggling when they had lost Mike Vick for the year. Didn't do so because Dan got wind of it and had resigned. But here is Blank talking about and responding to a question of why now only five games in. There are probably two reasons. One is that we made it clear, and they made it clear, it was a kind of a you know mutual collateral togetherness, you know, in a circle that this year was going to be a playoff year or not, or a bust, you know, if you will. And Dan signed up for that, and so did Thomas, and uh, so did this owner, and so did Mr. McKay, our president and CEO, and our fans did too. So it's pretty clear when you go zero and five that that's not going to happen. And so I think that we. In my view, we made the right decision at the end of last year. It's always easy to look back on a Monday morning quarterback and say, well, we've given. But, you know, given the time we had last year, the team was 6-2 and two the back half of the last year. We were fifth in the league in offense and eighth in the league in defense and had won three away games to opponents that were really good and playing for high purpose at that time. So, in my opinion, we had every reason to think that this situation, if anything, would get better, would roll over and, in fact, get better given free agency and draft, et cetera. Inevitably, every time a coaching change is made, whether it's in season or after a season, the question comes about, well, what are you looking for now? Are you looking for a player's coach? Are you looking for a stricter disciplinarian that holds more guys to account? Here's Blank's response to that query. I think this is a situation where you can, and probably in many ways, really should have both. I think that I would hate to liken this to golf, but if I could for a second, you have 14 clubs in a bag. You use different clubs for different reasons, and I've been involved with leadership for probably 60 years of my adult life. So I think it's important to have a leader, a leader of men, whether it's a coach or general manager, whatever it may be, and a leader of somebody who understands our values and is going to live and play within the context of those values. Having said that, you want somebody who can make the tough decisions when it's required to do that, and that's in keeping with our values. Usually it's right for the person, the coach, the player, the someone in personnel to be able to be clear in terms of what your expectations are, and if they're not met, to be willing and being able to make the changes you have to make. Do I publicly believe in calling out players? You know, personally, probably not. And I don't know many coaches that really do. But, you know, most coaches, when they have a reason to bench a player or 
talk to them in a stern way. They'll do it in a way that'll, you know, maintain their grace and dignity and their integrity of both the coach as well as the player. So the player comes back and feels like they, you know, they can do the job that's expected of them. You really want to balance the two. You talked about it a little bit earlier, Rob. So now you're in an interim situation, and there are some interim appointments that you have right there that you could run through because as of press time yesterday, we didn't have all that, and you got all those things this morning. Yeah, they announced some more coaching changes. Jeff Ulbrich, who was tossed around, is maybe becoming the next interim head coach, but he's now the defensive coordinator. Bernie Parmalay, special teams coordinator, who takes over for Ben Kotwicka. He was the special teams coordinator, and I'm surprised he lasted after the onside yeah, kick. Yeah, but, the debacle in Dallas. Yeah, so he's gone. And also we have Will Harriger, who is now the running backs coach. Those things, the interim staff, those changes, in effect, heading into this game at Minnesota. Lastly, in our sound cuts, here is Rich McKay on the tough situation for an interim staff because you've got to make an impression. You're really not just auditioning for the jobs that you're appointed to to ride out this interim tag and try to turn things around. And there are 11 games left, by the way. So there's an opportunity for these guys to really make the point. They're the ones, including Raheem Morris at the top of the heap, that need to stay here. Here's McKay, though, on the tough challenges of having an interim staff for that staff and the players. These are professionals, both the players and the coaches, and they understand how important every game, every moment, every practice is. So I, I don't try to uh, minimize how difficult it is to be in an interim situation, but by the same token, I know the effort that you will see. Now, we have 11 games to go. That's a lot of games. I've only been in one of these situations before in my entire career, and that's when Coach Petrino left, and we were not too sorry to see him leave, but he left, and we had to play the last three games, and I was proud of the way the team, you know, we didn't play well the first week. We played pretty well the next two weeks. They're professionals. I think that they're on it now. They're working on it now. They had a team meeting via Zoom this morning. They're underway, so I have every confidence that they will do what's necessary to give it their best effort to win football games. Rich kind of smooth with how he mixed in the dig at Bobby Petrino there. That won't be lost on people around here. Not a lot of big Bobby Petrino fans in Atlanta. Oh, the guy left a post-it note and packed up and left town. I'm surprised he's even still in football after pulling a move like that. That's completely unprofessional of him. But everybody's audition time now. Everybody's playing for a job. No doubt. Uh, Or coaching for one. Yeah, coaching, playing for a job. We'll see how it goes. Here's one thing that just popped into my head and I saw. An unknown former Falcons player from 2017 said the brotherhood died after that Eagles loss. And everybody kind of saw it as just a meh kind of thing. I don't think we'll ever know because I think the Falcons have been very good at hiding their frustrations with Dan Quinn. And the players have all said, we're behind you. Even Keanu Neal put a thing out on Twitter and he said, you know, Fans act like they know. And that's the only weird thing. As much as those players were behind him and supported him, that's great. But he wasn't getting it done. Players, as I said, you shouldn't call your staff out or anything like that in the press. But, you know, behind closed doors, somewhere, somebody had to be saying something. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of coaching candidates. We can run down the list here in a little bit. I don't know. If, is there anybody that comes to mind when you think about it, Brian? Not really. Not at this stage because you really have so much season left and there's so much still to be determined. And, look, there's a chance. I mean, there's a chance they could turn it around with a new message. They do have quite a bit of offensive firepower that's still in place. They're without some defensive pieces, as we well know. But so many games left. I think it's too early to speculate. We'll see how Raheem Morris does in the role. And, again, it's like we talked about with Scott, through these first five games, I hope somebody somewhere has knocked them over the head with a club and said, adjust, adjust, adjust. 
this game, they got to scrap it. I hope they're scrapping everything and just saying, hey, guys, we're going to try our best to turn it around. They're not going to go 11-0. I mean, they still got the Chiefs yeah, no at doubt. the bottom end of that schedule. Yeah, no so <laughs> I think they're going to try to play as hard as they can. But I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. When you're going from 0-5 and, and you come in as an interim, you're really trying to pick up the pieces from what is complete wreckage from the first five games of the season. Let's face it, there are shards of game plans and failed philosophies and everything else lying all over the place. you got a lot of cleaning up to do. Sometimes you see an interim coach simplify and just, okay, what do I have here? Let's play to our strengths. Ranks, let's use what we have and let's get back in this thing. Remember, five games, all losses. Two of these really should have been wins that they found a way to lose. True. Now, I've been the typical fan and I've already been reading about GMs and coaches. Sure. And a big one that's out there that a lot of fans have said they want to see in the front office is Lewis Riddick at ESPN right now. Coach wise, the two guys that I like early on. No guarantee that this will happen because Raheem Morris could just blow it up and they could do great and turn it around and he could win that opportunity to be the head coach. I personally don't think that's going to happen. So two guys. The first one, I hope I get his last name right. I've probably heard it before, but I just don't remember. This guy is coached under Nick Saban, won a national championship in 2017 as the offensive coordinator. He's with the Buffalo Bills now, but he's got five rings on his hand from working with the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Brian Dable, his resume looks good. You got to like that. Another one that everybody's probably going to want to punch me in the face over, but all the guy's ever done is win, especially in the NFL. And I don't think he ever wanted to leave the NFL in the first place. Jim Harbaugh. You know, the one thing about Harbaugh and how it ends up at Michigan is yet to be determined, but he does excel at coming into a situation, instilling a mentality, and turning things around quickly, evidenced by what he did in San Francisco. Since the Big Ten's going to play this year, Michigan probably won't beat Ohio State again. So who knows if he doesn't beat Ohio State this year, he might be open to coming back. One thing about him is he's kind of a bit of a modern-day Larry Brown. You remember the NBA coach Larry Brown? He kind of grates on people, and after a couple of years, they kind of end up tuning him out, and he moves on. Harbaugh's got a little of that reputation from around his coaching stops. And no offense to Mr. Harbaugh if <laughs> this, this podcast reaches his ears, but a lot of the reporters had an expletive in there when they were describing <laughs> <a> him. <laughs> yeah, he's not the easiest guy to deal. I covered him when he was playing, ironically, and had a pretty decent relationship with him because, you know, if you stick to football questions and X's and O's, those guys generally will respect you and give you pretty good insight. You start going down the road of the Twitterverse and things like that and into some of the more sensationalist stuff, they tend to tune you out. And I think a lot of that is why the relationship between players, coaches, and media has deteriorated to what it is. Right now, there's so many guys that want to get Twitter followers and everything else that want to go with some of these sensationalist angles. And Harbaugh is one of those guys that he doesn't have that trust of the media. He's been speculated on for a long time. No surprise to me that he's been a little salty with some of them, and they respond accordingly. Well, I'm also not a huge fan of the mainstream media anyway, and I never no, have been. No. And I've always said our mission on this show is to get back – to football and yeah. talking about football and keep all the other hullabaloo out of it. Yeah, no doubt. But a professional media guys are so good at coming up with these what-ifs and these hypotheticals, and, and some of them are professional potsters. That's what they wake up in the morning, and whoever they're covering, when they might be in the room, how can I stir the pot a little? Yeah. And I don't like that.
No, good point. Well, we need to take a break, but when we come back, we'll stir the pot a little bit with Bryant McKinney, the former Minnesota Viking who now is part of the Believe in Vikings podcast here on the Believe Entertainment Network. Falcon's Flight is a presentation of Believe Entertainment. Bryant Giffen, Robert Taylor, back with Bryant McKinney right after this. Mr. Hardwood is Atlanta's premier flooring expert, but hardwood is just the beginning. Mr. Hardwood also installs laminate, tile, vinyl, carpet, and more. Your home is likely your biggest investment. Not only can you enhance its value with beautiful new floors, but our lifetime transferable warranty will enhance the value even more. If you stand on it, Mr. Hardwood stands behind it. Mr. Hardwood is committed to setting the industry standard for all your uniquely designed and professionally installed flooring solutions. Our number one goal is to exceed our customers' needs by providing value, quality, and exceptional service even after the sale. We take great pride in high-quality craftsmanship and integrity and are not satisfied until we have exceeded your expectations. Mr. Hardwood, Atlanta's flooring experts. To set up your free consultation, call Mr. Hardwood today at 770-318-8880 or go to MrHardwoodInc.com. Like in football, whether it's in business, recreation, or life, you need a game plan. Is your computer running slow? Is it infected with viruses or malware? Maybe you're a gamer and really want a custom-built computer specifically for gaming. Perhaps like us, you want a lightning-fast, state-of-the-art, solid-state drive to replace that clunky, old-school one in your machine. Your game plan for any of this should be Computers Plus. A lot of the components we use to produce and bring you Falcon's Flight have been upgraded or provided by Computers Plus. Computers Plus is located in Ackworth, Georgia at 3330 Cobb Parkway Northwest, Suite 154. But wherever you are, they can help. Stop in and see them. They also feature a full line of accessories and refurbished equipment. Give them a call today at 770-693-0769 or check them out at computersplususa.com. You'll be glad you did. It is Falcon's Flight, Edition 11. Brian Giffen, Robert Taylor, and the Dirty Birds have been, well, kind of dirty falling to 0-5 with a 23-16 loss at home to the Carolina Panthers. And, of course, as a result, Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov are out. Raheem Morris takes over as the interim head coach, as Robert and I talked about. Very pleased now, though, to bring aboard Bryant McKinney, the former Minnesota Vikings offensive lineman who now is part of the Believe in Vikings podcast up in the Twin Cities. Bryant, first, it's great to have you with us, man. Minnesota off to a one and four start, but a little bit misleading. They scored 34 in the opening loss to Green Bay, two one point losses tossed in there, including this recent one against Seattle. And they are off to a one and four start, but they've generally been in these games and haven't just played terribly. I agree. I feel like the offense is actually starting to click a little bit. It's the defense on that side has to kind of really hold teams to less points than, you know, that's actually, you know, being scored. 
Brian, one thing I've noticed is quarterback Kirk Cousins is he's off to an okay start. A lot of interceptions. I guess a question I would have, and maybe for some people at home, what's going on down on the field when a quarterback runs into trouble like that? Is, is his offensive line not giving him enough time to allow plays unfold? And what do you think the main thing behind those interceptions is this season? It's a combination of like you know pressure from the defense, and then sometimes you know just defenders sometimes just reading the quarterback where he's going and put themselves in position to make interceptions. A combination. We talked a lot last week about culture with Tyrone Poole, who of course you probably know well from around the league. What kind of culture does Mike Zimmer have there? I personally always have been a fan of Mike Zimmer as a coach and felt like he should have been a head coach long before he actually was. I thought his culture was more of a defensive culture. Like his team's normally were really good defensively. This year struggled a little bit, especially the linebacker position. The offense I see is starting to come along now. But like I said, the defense definitely is probably struggling this season. Brian, how much time do you spend around the facility? I know you spent a lot of years in Minnesota and you're the host of a podcast up there now, but how much time are you spending around there and how much are you talking to the players and getting feedback from them and maybe even offering them up some kind of advice? Well, due to COVID, I haven't not really around the facility like that, though, but I try to just, you know, put my feelings out there to see the mindset. And I, the team wants to win. They, they just have to find ways to, like, you know, get a win. Like, basically, like last week, they lost by one point. Well, the other day. And it's like other teams are finding ways to win, but they have to now start to find a way like, to speed up these wins, especially in these close games. Green Bay is the exception probably in terms of the caliber of team that they are. Chicago's off to a great start, but the Lions are kind of what the Lions are most years so far this year. What are your thoughts on Minnesota's ability to play their way out of the rut and get themselves back into this thing in the division? I break the season down into three quarters, and I feel like the first quarter we went one and three. So the next couple quarters, I feel like we need to at least be three and one at least to try to push your way out of you know the rut we're in. Brian, a question I have for you is, you know, we're going to go Falcons a little bit here because obviously everybody knows that the head coach is out, the GM is out. As somebody who was in the league as long as you were, what's the mindset in that locker room right now? What's going through the players' minds as they now they have an interim coach, they got a new D coordinator. If you were still playing, how would you approach the rest of the season? If they really like the coach, the interim coach now, they probably would really try to step their game up and play for him and try to keep him there. So it all really depends on how they feel about that coach. But for the most part, I feel like when you get a new coach, it's almost like, kind of like a fresh start. But I know like a lot of players don't want to stay the same because it's not, you know, they don't have time to change about themselves. But it just all makes me feel like you got like, like a little fresh start again. Looking back over your career, Bryant, 12 years in the National Football League. And one of the things that stands out for me is you made, I think it was 179 games, 162 starts, only 13 holding penalties. Man, that's pretty impressive for a left tackle that's generally got the quarterback's blind side. That is. I didn't even know that's that. So, yeah, that's pretty good to hear. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's pretty good. For especially out of 12, a little, bit, a little bit more than one a year. You went to the U and played football at University of Miami. They got off to a good start this season. Miami's kind of got its own culture that's borne out over the years. I know there's a lot of you out there that are really looking to see them get back to the prominence that they were when you were there. Well, I really am. Actually, was, I'm in Atlanta now, actually, because I went to the game in Carolina over the weekend. I'm going to head back home today, so I went to support. And they have definitely got off to a good start. Uh, they faced the number one team, came up short. But uh, they are looking to kind of bring some of the swag back 
And having Ed Reed there, I guess, kind of can help them a little bit by him giving some of his knowledge and just his presence. Brian, you've been out of the game for a little while now, and I know you got the thing going with Believe in the podcast. Everybody else out there that knows who you are, but what have you been up to, and do you have any aspirations to transition into coaching or anything? I definitely wouldn't mind coaching, and I, if I was coaching, I would probably do it on the college level um, to help prepare those guys for the next level. But right now, I have a company called Let's Chat. It's a language translator. A company we do a plug-in onto your website and it converts your website to 104 different languages based off the device setting, as well as texting. And then I have my B major foundation, which is geared towards healthy kids, healthy living, single parent homes, and um, mental health awareness. Those are my two main focuses. And then you know, I have the Believe and Like This podcast, you know, that we do once a week with my our co-host Dustin Baker. So those that's kind of what I've been keeping busy. How do you see this game unfolding? I know Dalvin Cook is likely to miss this game. I know that we're not to game day yet, but what are your thoughts on what's your prediction for how this game will turn out in Minnesota on Sunday? And so I feel like Minnesota may be able to pull this out. I can see the Falcons probably getting some wins this season, but I'm not sure if they'll turn around and win tomorrow. Minnesota's a team that needs, you know, another win as well. So I can see Minnesota pulling this out. And, you know, Dalvin Cook's backup is, this is his opportunity to kind of step up and showcase what he has and put it on film. He is the co-host of Believe in Vikings right here on the Believe Entertainment Network. Bryant McKinney, kind enough to spend some time with us here on Falcons Flight this week as we get ready for the Falcons and the Minnesota Vikings. Bryant, thanks so much, man, for taking the time with us. All the best to you, your co-hosts up there in Minneapolis, and we'll see how the game goes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, our thanks again to Bryant McKinney, the former NFL offensive lineman, most of his career, 12 years with the Minnesota Vikings. I think that's pretty impressive, man. 13 holding penalties in a 12-year career. That's that's a little over one per season for a left tackle. That's pretty impressive. I'm probably going to go home now and start looking up offensive linemen and Hall of Fame <laughs> offensive linemen. Yeah, no doubt. The penalties they had, just insanity, really. Yeah, and 23 false starts over the course of that, too, by the way. So, you know, that's a long time. When you're a left tackle and you're going to take on probably the best pass rusher more often than not, week in and week out, to have just a handful of holding penalties like that and only 23 false starts over the 12 years. Pretty impressive. Right now, we step aside and take a timeout. This is edition 11 of Falcons Flight. Brian Giffen with Robert Taylor. Our thanks again to Bryant McKinney. Coming up next, you know it, you love it the world-famous, or soon-to-be, Swirly segment. We also will uh, talk about what the Falcons might do now personnel-wise. All of that right after this. Like in football, whether it's in business, recreation, or life, you need a game plan. Is your computer running slow? Is it infected with viruses or malware? Maybe you're a gamer and really want a custom-built computer specifically for gaming. Perhaps like us, you want a lightning-fast, state-of-the-art, solid-state drive to replace that clunky, old-school one in your machine. Your game plan for any of this should be Computers Plus. A lot of the components we use to produce and bring you Falcon's Flight have been upgraded or provided by Computers Plus. Computers Plus is located in Ackworth, Georgia at 3330 Cobb Parkway Northwest, Suite 154. But wherever you are, they can help. Stop in and see them. They also feature a full line of accessories and refurbished equipment. Give them a call today at 770-693-0769 or check them out at computersplususa.com. You'll be glad you did. Mr. Hardwood is Atlanta's premier flooring expert, but Hardwood is just the beginning. 
Mr. Hardwood also installs laminate, tile, vinyl, carpet, and more. Your home is likely your biggest investment. Not only can you enhance its value with beautiful new floors, but our lifetime transferable warranty will enhance the value even more. If you stand on it, Mr. Hardwood stands behind it. Mr. Hardwood is committed to setting the industry standard for all your uniquely designed and professionally installed flooring solutions. Our number one goal is to exceed our customers' needs by providing value, quality, and exceptional service even after the sale. We take great pride in high-quality craftsmanship and integrity and are not satisfied until we have exceeded your expectations. Mr. Hardwood, Atlanta's flooring experts. To set up your free consultation, call Mr. Hardwood today at 770-318-8880 or go to mrhardwoodinc.com. Falcons flight rolling on. Edition 11, Brian Giffen, Robert Taylor back in the Big Play Media Studios here as Falcons flight is a presentation of Believe Entertainment, the number one site for podcast professionals. Do you believe? Well, both of us certainly do. Well, so now the question, Robert, before we get to the commodities market, so to speak, (laughs) the question becomes, what do the Falcons do from here? Now, I'm going to give you just my own view of this because of circumstance. This is only me talking. This is There's been no rumors of any of this. I say, and you'll probably differ with me, I think you trade Matt Ryan. I think you trade Julio Jones. I think you trade potentially other tradable commodities, commodity and commodity in the same paragraph, but you trade other potential commodities, particularly if their contract status is one where, A, they count a bunch against the cap, and B, cases where it is a one-year and or last year of a contract, ship those guys out, tank for Trevor. I partially agree. I think we keep Matt Ryan because I think we need a bridge, still very much serviceable, but I just don't know what you'd get for him. Yeah, He's 35 years old, but I like him grooming and mentoring the next guy that comes in. And I think Vaughn McClure put a Twitter poll out there that says, you know, where are you at with Matt Ryan? And the majority of people were like, keep him as that bridge, as that guy that's going to pass the torch to the next franchise quarterback. But here's another thing. What do you want out of your team? Do you want to tank for Trevor, or do you want to see Raheem Morris pick up a head of steam and play well? And somebody out there would disagree with me. I don't think a team has ever tanked to get a player. I think it's just how it's unfolded. No, of course not. You know, that's actually just rhetoric on my part. And I'm not convinced he's the guy. I think there's a kid out of North Dakota that looks pretty sharp. You know, I don't think you always go with the shiny, sexy pick when it comes to quarterbacks. You know, everybody knew Peyton Manning was going to pan out, but I think you start to dig a little deeper with some of these guys. But I do agree with trading Julio. I think we've got to tear that defense apart. And maybe Ulbricht's the guy to rebuild our defense. I can honestly say I don't know enough about him and his track record. I know he spent some time at UCLA. Julio, you get a king's ransom for. You've said it before. Trading for some defensive pieces and some draft picks. And again, I told you, there's a God, gazillion different ways to go in, in scenarios. And, and again, this is on Arthur and Rich McKay to make these decisions. But do you keep the core of that offense? Because it is high-powered right now. A lot of people say that, you know, Gurley's on a pitch count. I still say the guy's only 26. And he's. And I know he's had a lot of carries. I think he's had more carries than any running back in the NFL since he came into the league. But Still 26, man. These guys, it's 2020. Nobody ever said that about Emmett Smith, Curtis Martin, any of those guys when they were 26. They were, they were still beasts. Yeah, Eric Dickerson, too. Yeah, so I, I mean, there I are all kinds it. of them. History's yeah. littered with them. 
He's got some knee problems, arthritis and everything like that, but I fully believe that he's still very much serviceable. Hell, he looked great against the Panthers. He, too, is on a one-year deal. Yeah, and, and this is an audition, and, and some people think, you know, giving him that guaranteed money is not the best position to get ourselves in so we don't get into salary cap hell, kind of like O'Brien did out in Houston. It's going to take some time. I'm going to have to think about it, we're going to have to talk about this again. But if you're asking me today, keep Matt for Julio out there. Because getting rid of Ryan now doesn't do anything for your cap. If you trade him after June 1st, I think he's only $17 million towards next season. But if you yeah, do he counts that, $40 million against the cap, though, for next year. Yeah, but doing anything with him doesn't help you out in that regard unless you trade him after June 1st. No, you never know. You know, if you make these kind of moves, you may not only position yourself to acquire your next franchise quarterback, you might even be able to obtain a young, exciting running back. The offensive line is in place for a while. They're relatively young for the most part. You'll have to plug a piece in here and there, but you do have some youth on the offensive line that is at least coming along and beginning to show that they're going to be effective players, at least as it stands right now. But for me, if you're not going to win, and it doesn't appear, since like you said, and I agree with you, it's time to kind of tear down the building and rebuild from the foundation up, I don't know that it makes that much sense to keep a quarterback that counts that much against your cap. Now, if you can restructure with him or make some moves along those lines, who knows? But for me, it's one of those where if you got to rebuild, blow the thing up, trade as many assets as you can to stockpile as many young and or future assets as possible and see if you can build a new culture here because as we talked ad nauseum with last week with Tyrone Poole, the culture right now is a little bit stale and it's really not all that solid. Yeah, and this is what's going to be the hardest decision that Arthur Blank has to make. And I know his guys are going to run the analytics and they're, he's going to talk to the scouting department and they're going to do everything and decide, do I want a well-seasoned, experienced coach that can come in here and take this offense because we still have a window? Where are you at, Falcons fans? There's Falcons fans that still think that the window is there. There's some that think it's already closed or it's rapidly. Somebody smashed it out with a brick. Yeah, but the only thing I like about Matt Ryan, I like the idea of having a guy on his way out come mentor and tutor a younger quarterback and groom him and getting ready to take over that spot. I like that. Now, you have quarterbacks, Coach. You have an offensive coordinator. So that's where I'm at. I'm stuck. Because I think we still can win now with Matt Ryan. I know the guy's 35, but he's in great shape. I still think he's very much a good quarterback, and I think he definitely has a few good seasons left in him. And we still have Julio and Calvin and Hayden Hurst and, and Gurley and all those guys. That's a decision I can't make, and I'm glad I'm not in that chair right now because you could easily turn into a Cleveland Browns-type scenario. You get rid of Ryan, you bring in a stopgap guy that's serviceable, maybe you play 500 football, you get your new stud, does he pan out, and then is it going to be like a Freddie Kitchens thing? You hire him for one season, then he's out, and it turns into this quarterback coaching carousel, this dumpster fire of a nightmare. <laughs> you know, it's tough to maintain an NFL organization and win, and part of blowing it all up and restarting scares me, and part of me says it could work, but it's all a crapshoot in the end. Yeah, no doubt about it, and that's a great segue because you mentioned crap. What time is it? <laughs> Swirly time, swirly time, swirly time. The Falcons flight crew is intolerant of jackassery. There is a special place where morons are plunged headlong into a blue vortex of irony. 
where imbeciles are irrigated, dumbasses are drenched, and abject idiocy rinsed away. Where pompous assery comes face to face with porcelain. Where chlorine, tidy bowl, and bleach administer swift, swirling justice. This is our Game of Thrones. Yes, sir. Where mindsets and hairstyles are forever altered. It is the Falcon's Flight Swirly segment. Now let's get this party started. Bum, 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 bum. It just sounds so authoritative. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like we're going into a courtroom or something. And, well, <laughs> in theory, they are idiots, that is, about to be sentenced. So, yep, time for the world-famous Swirly segment. And we will waste no further time, although some might argue we're wasting all kinds of it, and we love it. So either hang in there or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to start this because that's kind of the way we've been doing it. A former Texas library employee has been accused of stealing $1.3 million in printer toner from his workplace over the course of nearly a dozen years, officials said. Randall Whited, who worked in accounting at the Austin Public Library, allegedly misused the library's credit cards to buy vastly more toner than the book hub required, then took the liquid gold home stored it in his garage, and resold it online, according to an audit report on Monday. Whited allegedly purchased at least $1.5 million worth of toner from October of 2007. This is a long time to July of 2019 for the library, though the auditor's office estimated that it would have only needed about 150000 worth in that time frame. Investigators uncovered spreadsheets detailing information about where the toner was being resold, as well as security footage of Whited taking boxes of toner on several occasions from the library to the parking garage. Whited was also accused of putting up to at least $18,000 worth of personal items on library credit cards, including virtual reality headsets, robotic vacuums, and a drone. The auditor's office said Whited got away with the alleged spending sprees because the library, quote, did not have proper procedures in place for using city credit cards and did not always follow established procedures. Whited, who resigned in July of 2019 over an unrelated issue, has not responded to attempts to contact him about the findings of the investigation. We also referred these issues to the Austin Police Department due to the potentially criminal nature of Whited's action. The city auditor said. So, I don't know where the hell you go from here. Probably right down in the can, huh? Oh, yeah. Hey, Randall, I'm pushing the handle. Get over here. Idiot. That's it, boy. Get in there nice deep. What if, because they seem so unassuming, there's a secret crime ring of librarians out there? (laughs) Don't nobody go in the bathroom. For about 35, 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Open the window. You see the peanut? Dead giveaway. That's not toner floating around down there, Randall. Yeah. <laughs> right over to you. Well, this one was just too good to pass up. 
part of me doesn't even want to mention him on our show because I just can't stand the guy so much. But his off-court persona is, uh, is also that of a fantastic philanthropist. He's done great work yeah. in the community yeah, and no with children. I have to give him credit there. I really have to take my hat off. But as far as a professional athlete goes, he's one of the biggest crybabies I've ever come across. Nowhere near being the goat, as some people like to label him. But I am swirling the one, the only, King James. Because after the Lakers won their garbage time championship, there was even somebody on Twitter that said, you know, God, you can really tell how bad the NBA's gotten by how the Lakers handled and won this championship. But he was at center court, and he demanded respect. He said, I want my respect. So he doesn't get enough already? Well, that's another thing. If you have to ask for it, there you go. Do you think Michael Jordan ever pleaded with the media and the public to get his respect? No, he went out and took yeah, it. He earned it. And they commanded it. it and earned it. No Kobe, doubt. Magic, all these guys. Larry like, Bird. Just, just shut up already, man. Because guess what? You play in such a watered-down, diluted version Agree of the NBA. A, a thousand you know, percent. I mean, just come on. Just shut up and play. And you're not MJ. You ain't ever going to be MJ. You'd have to stand on somebody else's shoulders just to kiss his rump because I said this to you. If you still are out there and you think LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan, I want you to go on Netflix and I want you to watch The Last Dance. And if you actually think for one minute that LeBron James could have done some of the things that Jordan did in his career, Jordan transcended the game. You're right. He was so much more of an iconic figure. He took the NBA into the stratosphere. He was world famous. The guy couldn't go anywhere. Now – Behind the scenes, was he kind of a jerk? Was he kind of an a-hole? Yeah, but all of his Bulls teammates always said it's something that had to be done because he was that strong leader and he wanted what he wanted. And I know keeper I'm, of the culture. Yeah, I know uh, I'm you rambling. Know, the inventor and keeper of the culture. And I know I'm rambling here, but just you can't even compare the two. It's so ridiculous to even try. It's ludicrous to have the conversation. And I'll just say this: Jordan six and zero in the finals, six MVPs. LeBron is four and six, and he's got four. Now, maybe if LeBron had 10 rings, there'd be no question. You could still probably argue a little bit with the talent level of the game. But Jordan played against men. How it's played, too. LeBron plays against boys. And with that, dude, just shut your mouth and go away already. I'm tired of you. Hey, King, you might have got a ring, but now you're going to get a swirling. Get over here. Respect. Respect. That's Here's your it. respect, buddy. Get in there, nice <laughs> the reason that bad things happen to you is because you're a dumbass. And you're not the greatest player all time. Michael Ever. Jordan was. All right, that will about wrap up this episode of Falcon's Flight. This is episode number, or this is edition number 11 of Falcons flight as the Falcons at 0-5 look to get off the schneid Sunday at Minnesota against the Vikings. Want to say thank you to Bryant McKinney. Want to say thank you to Robert Taylor to my immediate right. And thanks to all of you who have dialed up this show this week. Falcons flight, a presentation of Believe Entertainment. Believe, the number one site for podcast professionals. So long. Thank you for listening to Falcons flight. Tune in throughout the season for updates, insights, and analysis on the Dirty Birds. Falcon's Flight is a production of Believe Entertainment.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.